live from the XJ Talk Show News Desk. Man eats own underwear to beat breathalyzer test after running Jeep through National Pie Eating Contest. Well, that sounds thrilling. Hey, this is uh, Tony at the XJ Talk Show. Uh, that's what you're listening to, and uh, here's my co-host. I'm Josh, otherwise known as Northwest 99XJ or NW99XJ on XJTalk.com. And of course, I'm Motoroy on XJTalk.com. And the reason why we're saying XJTalk.com so much is that's the reason why we're here. We started this little podcast so that uh, (laughs) we could uh, come on and give a voice to the, uh, well, the premier, Jeep Cherokee premier website, XJTalk.com. Well, I don't know about you, Tony, but I started doing this because, well, one, you asked me, but two, I figured it's a good justification for um, talking about Jeep more. I don't talk about Jeeps enough, so this is a good outlet. You know, Josh, we must be a strange breed because there's, uh, there was me was doing this, and I'm definitely strange, and uh, I won't even get in, into the breeding part, uh, but uh, I had uh, put out the, the call for anybody in, on XJ Talk. You know, and that's, a, that's a worldwide audience. And using Skype, anybody in the world could have come on here and, and uh, pitched in and uh, thrown in a, uh, a hand, a wrench, or whatever to help out with a show. And you were the, the lone person that did that. Now, we have some people behind the scenes, uh, like uh, John, pre-runner in 1982, throwing us uh, uh, Jeep tip information every week. Yep, that's right. John's been a uh, an integral source of This Week in Jeep, our news segment, and has, uh, has fed us quite a bit of stories, actually, that we've used here. And I try to give him credit where credit's due, and sometimes I forget he doesn't get enough credit, that's for sure. Yep. Well, it's kind of pointing it out. You can be a member of this team. You don't have to be a talking member of this team, a silent partner, so to speak, because uh, <laughs> it's a community. We want everybody involved as much as they want to be involved. And hell, man, if you want to get on here and talk, we'll let you talk. We're always looking for somebody out there in the field willing to, uh, well, cut up, act silly, and and act like an interviewer for, uh, uh, you know, a a roving reporter. I mean, there's all kinds of fun things that we could do. Oh, yeah. Well, we've got uh, got a couple regulars that call in and leave us some excellent voicemails. (laughs) We've got uh, another member of XJTalk.com, Steve, 4.3 LXJ, who feeds us a lot of good information as far as our Jeep tip segment goes. And uh, we've got a, a recent addition to our team as well, uh, somebody that's been helping us out on some other uh, some other Jeep tip segments. Who is that? Well, of course, that would be Tim. Oh, uh, I'm going to try his last name. Scheidler. I hope I got it right. From uh, Brown Dog Motor Mounts. And uh, it, yeah, it was a great thing for Tim to step up and say, hey, you know, I got lots of information to share. It'd be great uh, to uh, share that on the show. And of course, I made the suggestion on the Jeep tips and he jumped at it. So that's great. Would love that kind of involvement, especially from, uh, well, you know, people that are, are making a living, uh, making and selling great Jeep products. Also, too, to take out uh, their time to uh, record a, a Jeep Tit segment. So, uh, actually, we'll have one of those uh, next week. This week, we're going to have uh, another excellent electrical and audio tip from, uh, well, Josh. That's right. Uh, this week, we're going to talk a little bit about, ooh, the fascinating world of grounds. Oh, <laughs> uh, they're very important. And uh, if you've ever been shocked, you've uh, been attached to one. That's right. That's right. Well, uh, so Tony and I were talking about just a little bit ago, we'd like to have you guys in on the show, too. We do have another seat open, and we'd like for you guys to fill it up. Uh, give us a call at 530-675-4102. Leave us a voicemail. I'll get you on the air real fast. 
And if you'd like to go ahead and give us a message, uh, you can go ahead and text that number as well or send an email to newstips at xjtalk.com. Yeah, there's a, a decent chance that uh, it'll get uh, put on the show. Now, also, too, I want to make sure that everybody understands that seat that Josh is, is so eloquently uh, talking about. I can even say eloquently. Um, that's not just one seat. We have plenty of room for lots of people. So don't think that it's a, uh, you know, I, oh, I'm, I'm not going to get into that. I'm not going to make that cut because uh, we could use uh, reports. I mean, if you're out on, on the trail and uh, you just have your phone and maybe the uh, uh, tape a talk, not to be confused with the tap a talk app uh, on your phone and you record uh, just, a, just a 15, uh, 20 second, 30 second, two minute, three minute, we don't care. Uh, especially if it's funny, uh, you've got, you guys have heard some of the background noises that, uh, Josh and I have, uh, uh captured while doing an interview. There's just this, this great on the scene ambiance to it. So, uh, think about it. We'd, uh, we really would like to have you in that, uh, third seat, which is many third seats. That's right. And folks, uh, just as Tony was saying, you know, don't worry about making the cut. Honestly, uh, Tony and I have a bar set pretty low. For we this. have a low bar. <laughs> everybody and limbo we also have the magic of editing software so tony and i at our disposal in our master control rooms here are able to go ahead and fine-tune some of that stuff and make it sound as good as possible well josh i have a complaint oh by all means i don't know uh if you share this uh this complaint or not but i, I, I suspect stuff, so there's good there's a good chance <laughs> i do i suspect you will <laughs> it is, we have not had an iTunes review, good, bad, or ugly, since March 31st. We absolutely had no iTunes reviews in the month of May. Well, you I'm know, sorry, so the, can, uh, the month of April. I can look at this in, in a couple different ways. One, that could mean that we have exhausted our entire Apple audience and virtually all of our listenership is uh, Droid or PC, which I'm fine with. Uh, but, you know, to, to give a little bit of love to our, our Apple brethren, I guess uh, we might have to crack the whip and get you guys uh, to get head over there to iTunes and give us that five-star review and, and leave a comment. You know, even if it's just a, you know, a quick little sentence telling us about what you think of the show, good or bad, we'd love to hear it. Yep, yep. As long as it's five stars, if you have a bad comment, that's fine. <laughs> no, <laughs> we, we want all feedback because we're, we're always trying to improve the show. And uh, hopefully you guys have, uh, have noticed some changes. But, but please take the time, uh, if you have not already done uh, an iTunes review, and also too, Josh, I'm sure you're aware of this, there are many people that don't have Apple products and still use iTunes. Because, you know, there's apps on PC. There's, uh, I think there's uh, something on the Android for it. I'm not uh, absolutely sure for that. But, I mean, you, you always could transfer things from uh, your PC to your Android app. So <clears throat> if you have an iTunes account, even if you don't use it, take the time because it's a big stick in the podcasting world. Take the time to go over there and uh, give us a review. Well, hey, folks, just as uh, Tony was saying here, we got a lot of uh, sources you can go ahead and download us from, not just xjtalkshow.com, but also you can find us over there on YouTube. And Tony's done a lot of work going ahead and putting up some lot of really good content there on YouTube. Uh, you can go ahead and check us out there. And we can find us on Stitcher as well. Stitcher Radio, just do a search for XJ Talk Show. Yeah, you know, uh, Stitcher we're doing pretty good at. Now, if you guys aren't familiar with Stitcher, Stitcher might be a, a good place for you to listen to the XG Talk Show uh, as far as convenience goes because it's an app that you can get on your uh, your phone, your uh, iPad, your uh, whatever little device that has uh, some sort of audio playing capabilities and it's connected to the, to, to the Internet in some fashion. 
you can uh, load it up on uh, uh, your device and then uh, stream it. So if you're at the gym or uh, you're off-road or just whatever, <laughs> sit in the can, man, <laughs> you can stream, start streaming the 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 uh, the, the show, uh, and, and it goes back um, several shows now. So, uh, you know, there's there's multiple ways that you can listen to the show. Absolutely. And speaking of going to places to get good content, uh, Tony and I would like to take a moment to tell you guys about a new show that he and I have started. Uh, it's called Fancy This, Tony and Josh Show. How do, we, how do we come up with the names, man? No, I know. I know. You guys are probably just floored right now on the creative level of genius that it took to go ahead and create that, uh, that, that title there. So that's what it is. The Tony and Josh Show. We do have a website up. It's uh, still in its infant stages. We're working on that as the days go by. And our premiere episode is going to be released when, Tony? Uh, it'll be, be out tomorrow, same time that uh, this show will be. So that'll be on, on a Monday for you guys that uh, uh, don't know what tomorrow is. If you're listening to this on a Friday, it's uh, not going to be Saturday. It's Monday. We always release the shows on Monday. And uh, you guys will be able to find these shows, at least at first, at TonyAndJosh.com. Yep, TonyAndJosh.com. It will also be on iTunes. Uh, we're, uh, we... All the shows will be there. I don't know if the the uh, very first episode will be there uh, tomorrow or not, but uh, it's an adventure. It's uh, you know I set all this stuff up with uh, the XJ Talk Show. Uh, uh, gosh, two years ago now. So <laughs> it's uh, you know I don't remember exactly how I did it. So I got to go back to <laughs> relearn stuff. So it's kind of a big step. I mean, you know we're uh, uh, we're doing a, a second podcast, and uh, you know my initial reaction was it's easy for me to talk. I'll do twelve podcasts. I'll just talk about everything. And, uh, boy, I, I think I was doing, trying to do two there at, at uh, for a very short period of time. And then it clearly was cl- very clear that I needed some help and I needed to get some more people involved in, uh, in this stuff because it is a, uh, a very involved process. Um, Josh and I've been doing it uh, together since November and, uh, we're actually able to get in here about, uh, 30 minutes before showtime and whip some stuff together. But, uh, boy there, that wasn't, uh, that, that was a learned experience. Anyway, I think it's uh, stable enough now that where we can uh, jump into a, uh, another podcast. And Josh has been uh, graciously enough, uh, uh graciously enough agreed to uh, being this uh, second podcast with me, taking more uh, time away from him. Well, I strictly remember some threats being involved in there. So now we won't get into that now. No, but. no, no. I, there was also a threat <laughs> about talking about the threats. Yeah. Oh, geez, I'm, I'm sorry. Yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. We don't talk but, about threat club. <laughs> before you guys all, all freak out, um, it's not another Jeep show. As as cool as that would be, as, as uh, much as this world needs more Jeep stuff, um, this show is not about Jeeps. Well, this one we're doing right now is, but the Tony and Josh show is going to open up uh, the world a little bit more into general discussion general talk, and dare I say, maybe even a few minutes here and there on The Walking Dead. Yep. Sorry, sir. Yeah, you know, Denver uh, D1 has already commented. Uh, I want to put the announcement up on xjtalk.com. He goes, oh, good. You, uh, I don't know if he put it this way, but you know he thought it. You girls can talk about The Walking Dead. <laughs> <laughs> I think we'll have to refer- reference Izzy a few times in our uh, <laughs> <laughs> we're talking about the walking dead just you oh, know throw that in there so denver go hey is he they're talking about you <laughs> <laughs> well for more information guys and to stay in touch uh and to find out all that there is to know about the tony and josh show head over to tonyandjosh.com hey this is tim from jeep tubes and you're listening to the xj talk show xjtalk.com it's where you go when you're not off-road 
Flash Week in G. Well, the world is abound with Jeep news this week, and uh, I'm going to go ahead and narrow it down to some of the stuff that I thought is a little bit more pertinent to, well, this show and uh, kind of what we've talked about in recent past. Uh, as you all know, the uh, the new Jeep Cherokee is coming out here very soon, and there's a, there's a big buzz about that because um, there's a chance that this Jeep Cherokee might be made in China. Now, I broke that news, I think, last week, perhaps the week before, a couple episodes ago. And um, I, I clarified in one point that the Jeep Cherokee exclusively is not going to be made in China. However, the deal is almost done to have some of the Jeep Cherokee made in China. The issue with that is, well, there is no issue. It's going to add to Jeep's bottom line. And uh, all the Jeeps that are being made there are more than likely going to get sold there. The plant that the Jeeps are going to be made in is capable of 140,000 units per year. Now, Jeep uh, sold, I think, somewhere in the neighborhood of around 67,000 to 70,000 units in China alone last year. So chances are they are going to love the Cherokee if uh, the early reviews are any indication of how China is going to be receiving the Cherokee. Um, the problem is is that Jeep, Cherokee, Jeep um, really shopped around the Cherokee early in the development stage. And uh, most of the European countries really, really loved the Cherokee. Whereas here, we kind of have a love-hate. Some of us love it. Some of us hate it. In any case, um, uh, especially in Russia, they also loved the Cherokee. So there is chance, there's talks that, well, where is the rest of Europe going to get the Cherokee from? Since China is going to take most of what they make, uh, is the Toledo plant, where the Cherokee is currently scheduled to be uh, made in, are they going to be outsourced from there, all, uh, the entire production line of it? Well, it's undetermined at this point. There's talks right now that Jeep might be being built in Russia. Uh, there be a, a, a facility made there, at least, to make the Jeep Cherokee. So we'll know more about that as the weeks go on. In other news, let me flip my page here, the sticky fingers, uh, is the Wagoneer's 50th birthday. That's right. For all you Waggy lovers out there, the uh, Wagoneer has turned 50. Uh, so over after 50 years of the Wagoneer, and some have said the uh, grandfather of the SUV and the uh, its counterpart, the Cherokee, where our namesake comes from, uh, turns 50 today. And so for all you Waggy owners out there and Waggy lovers, uh, congratulations and happy 50th birthday. In the last little bit of Jeep news we have today, this is kind of going along the lines of the Cherokee. And, well, we all love to hate that. The 2015 line of Alfa Romeos may include an SUV that is, get this, either made by or designed by Jeep, potentially having Jeep parts. Uh, we'll know more about that as they pull back the curtain on that, but look for a Jeep-inspired, possibly Jeep-built or Jeep-parted 2015 Alfa Romeo SUV. That will certainly be interesting. Amazon.com and the x Talk Show present... You bought what? Oh, and what haven't you bought on Amazon.com? God bless you all for jumping in there and uh, making purchases on uh, Amazon.com and remembering to click our banner ad first. Yeah, you guys have been some busy bees, and uh, Tony and I are not only uh, surprised but also very grateful about that. We have been spreading the word uh, for a while now about the Amazon You Bought What games that we're kind of playing, and, and how this works is, well, we figure out what you guys have bought. We have a relationship with Amazon to where if you guys head over to xjtalk.com or xjtalkshow.com, click on the banner there. It looks like Amazon. It'll take you straight over to the Amazon website 
or you can shop as normal, but anything that you buy, you're not only going to not spend a penny more, but Amazon's actually going to lose a buck or two. They're going to send us a little pittance for uh, for you helping out the show for shopping at Amazon, and we get to see what you've purchased. Well, the problem is, is we don't know who's buying what, and that's what makes it so much fun, is you guys can go wacky with it. And we've had some really wacky stuff on the show. This one's a little bit more mild, but certainly all over the place as far as covering at least one, two, three, four, five, six different subjects, six different kinds of, uh, of purchases. Yeah, categories. There, that's the word I was looking for. So uh, to start things off, um, we go ahead and get into some of the, well, some of the cool stuff, some of the stuff that brings us why we're here, and that's the Jeep stuff or automotive stuff. And um, let's see, we'll go ahead and, uh, oh, how about a driver's side replacement headlight assembly uh, for a Dodge Chrysler unit? Uh, and it goes, it goes on to list the model number, but I, don't know, I wonder if that is for right, Dodge or Chrysler, maybe even Jeep, who knows? But somebody out there is replacing a headlight, and that's cool. Yeah, it probably is for a Jeep. But like we've said before, <clears throat> we think it's cool when you buy something for your Jeep, but that's that's certainly not a... Uh, uh, or, or something you have to do. I just, I just personally like it. I think it's cool that whenever you, uh, you're doing something for your Jeep and you go and remember us and, and, uh, then, uh, go to Amazon. So, uh, this is pretty cool, Josh, a, uh, slip yoke eliminator kit. Uh, that's, that's got to fair. be, well, it's a, it says Jeep, Jeep 231 J yep. heavy duty slip yoke. And it's gotta be heavy duty, you know? Of course. <laughs> so somebody's doing something to their Jeep, or or maybe they're like me. They're buying up parts and then looking at them and being depressed because of all the work they know is uh, yet to be done. Well, I've uh, I've seen on a lot of activity lately on the website about people talking about drive lines and slip yokes and stuff like that. So, well, I, I wouldn't be surprised. Well, this is obviously one of our listeners, but this is definitely going to go on somebody's Jeep here that listens to the show very soon. Yep. And uh, just to... Uh, uh, veer off here a little bit uh, if you're concerned about d- drive lines and vibrations and stuff we do have past shows where um steve uh, 4.3 lxj goes into uh, quite a bit of detail about that so if you look in our archives you'll find more information and you'll even find out what that uh, slip yoke eliminator kit is used for if you don't already yep and why you might need one and how it's all going to work and all the good stuff there we definitely invite you guys to go check out and do some searching around the poking around the website you're going to find all kinds of useful information. Speaking about information here, it looks like somebody's gone ahead and uh, set themselves up with some OB2 scanning equipment. Uh, we have a BFX, BAFX products, uh, that's trademarked by the way, an ELM 327 Bluetooth OBD2 scan tool uh, for check engine light and other diagnostics tool, which is Android compatible. That's very cool. Uh, this might go along with this item, the Soliport ELM 327 Bluetooth OBD2 obd2 diagnostic scanner uh so we got a uh, scanner and a um, and a scan tool those probably go hand in hand yep and the just so you guys will understand the elm 327 is a the type of chip that is being used in that uh, scanner and and the connection is bluetooth so it doesn't actually have a screen you use something that is a uh, that can connect to it Bluetooth wise, whether it's a laptop or an Android or an I, uh, iTunes, an iPhone, <clears throat> and uh, some software that's running on it. So this would be half of the solution, which is really kind of cool because it basically lets you can take your OBD2 port and turn it into a nice uh, wirelessly connected Bluetooth adapter, so that you can just take the proper software 
and click and boom, now you're looking at your OBD2 data. And if, yep. you're, if you're not familiar, OBD2 came out in 96, I believe. So yep. if, if your Jeep is prior to 96, that would be OBD1 uh, and would not be, this would not work with it, unfortunately. Even so- even some of the early year production uh, 96s had the OBD1 system on there. Yep, yeah, it's uh, kind of tricky there. The 96s are certainly an interesting year of Cherokee. But the neat the neat thing is these things are not very expensive now. Uh, I bought a little uh, uh, a little OBD2 nub. I mean, really, really small little thing where it's not going to be sticking out uh, from underneath the dash, and I leave it connected all the time. So if I see something going on or I, I get a little miss or something, I can just uh, – I have my uh, my Android attached to the uh, to the windshield, so all I have to do is pull up the app while I'm driving and uh, look and see what's going on. So it's it's really really cool. So the uh, the next thing we have here is a, a book. It's uh, integrated accounting for Windows. Uh, oh my goodness, there is some solid uh, reading and and yeah. Josh, I think you know something about this one. Yes, I do. This uh, this book is in my house. Uh, don't worry, folks. I'm not uh, I'm not becoming a, a certified public accountant or anything. Uh, the pocket protector is not getting loaded up with my slide rule anytime soon. But uh, this is a book uh, for my fiance, and uh, she's uh, she's well into her schooling and is looking at her last term right now. So this is uh, one of the last books that she's ever going to have to buy. And really quick, folks, for those of you who are uh, have a student in the house, uh, somebody who's in college, uh, postgraduate school, something like that, uh, really, Amazon is the way to go for textbooks. Uh, we learned early and often uh, the hard way, unfortunately, that textbooks are very, very expensive at the school's bookstore. Uh, the alternative, head over to xjtalkshow.com or xjtalk.com, click on the Amazon banner and buy the school books there. Trust me, you're going to save a fortune. And and actually, I think there's a, I don't know this for sure, but I think there's getting to be an alternative with uh, the uh, Kindle eBooks, as far as college books go. Uh, possibly. Uh, Seconds Away Book 2, a Mickey Bolter novel, was a Kindle eBooks that was purchased uh, through this uh, program that we have. Uh, I'm not too familiar about that book or the storyline, but Kindle eBooks are certainly, the library is growing every day. And you guys can get virtually, well, just about any kind of publication on the Kindle eBooks through Amazon. And we'd love you to click on our banner first. We have uh, two uh, Kindles in our house. Uh, uh, my wife uh, has one. She got the first one. And uh, my uh, youngest daughter, who is a avid reader, uh, also got one. It was a, a Wi-Fi only version for her. And uh, gosh, I don't think it was like about 120 bucks. And uh, the books are substantially cheaper and you don't have to wait for them to be delivered other than, uh, it, you know, it comes through the Wi-Fi. So uh, if you're uh, looking for something, some way to get uh, a bunch of books in a very small package, easily readable, I mean, that uh, paper white uh, technology that they have right now is just amazing. Uh, don't uh, take, uh, I would certainly recommend the Kindle. I, 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 have, I have wanted to buy one even though I'm not a big book reader, um, but uh, I recently bought a bunch of computer manuals and uh, thought about getting it on uh, on the Kindle, uh, but uh, went ahead and got the actual paper, hard paper one, and and I probably paid 20, uh, 20, per, 20 to thirty percent more for the the hardbound paper stuff. So anyway, uh, moving on to uh, mobile electronics, we have uh, I don't know. Uh, oh, it's a relay, a uh, twelve volt automotive relay, uh, thirty forty amp single pole double throw SPDT. 
And you know, Josh, uh, I didn't think it was supposed to happen, uh, and I'm just guessing, but this really looks like some of the stuff that I bought. Interesting. Well, that is that would be way cool. I mean, hey, you're you know supporting the show yourself. You're doing a little <laughs> share of the uh, of the work around here. Uh, why not give back a little bit? Uh, heck, it's really not going to cost you any extra. Um, uh, so yeah, yeah, not at all. I mean, uh, it's great. It's almost like a little discount I'm getting. Um, but, uh, if this is what I think it is, if it really is the one that I bought, I mean, everybody buys automotive relays, so who knows, but, uh, I know I recently purchased, uh, four relays and, uh, I know with at least two of them, I'm planning on hooking up the, uh, the, the winch switches, the in out switches. And I'm going to oh, hook yeah. up, I'm going to hook up one switch for the in and one, I mean, sorry, one relay for the in, one relay for the out. Uh, yep. Since I'm running that very small, very uh, small gauge wire, I want to run it through the relay so I don't have a little light bulb without the, uh, you know, the filament part as it heats up. Right. <laughs> so, that is important. And, and what Tony's talking about there can be found on another one of our episodes. And we actually have an entire thread data dedicated to that on xjtalk.com. Uh, we talk all about relays and amperage and how right. to make things up and how to wire things up. Uh, Steve and I sort of did a little bit of back and forth on that. There's a really lot of good information on that. And uh, there's even a podcast out there. I don't have the episode number here in front of me, uh, but we'll see if we can't get that to you later on. Well, and, and I'll tell this, mention this really quick. If you uh, sign on, actually register on the XJ Talk Show website, you will get a search, um, I don't know what you call it, a little place where you can type in what you're searching for. And all, you can just do it as simple uh, as put in there a uh, relay or relays and it will take you to the episode in which uh, Josh is talking about. It really works very nice. The search on the, on the site, the xgtalkshow.com site is very nice. Something here, somebody's trying to make their Jeep very nice. This is a Jeep silver letters emblem logo script badge. So I'm thinking this is not the one that goes on the hood. I'm thinking this one might not be the one that goes on the side of the vehicle that we typically see. This might be something kind of custom, which is cool. Another thing to set your Jeep apart from all the rest. You know, uh, I hate to correct you, Josh, but I was this one I remember seeing and I was interested because I did not know that Amazon had these. So I went and had a look, and they have uh, the uh, emblem logos for the, the various different styles, just like you would get from uh, the local dealership. So, oh, it, so it struck me that this was the same one that goes on the hood or, or on the nose. I shouldn't say the hood. Uh, the right in front of the hood, I guess is what you it's would on, say. It's on the header panel or on the uh, on the bezel, rather. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I thought that was really cool, and actually, I uh, took the time to go into our. Uh, we have a little uh, advertisements for uh, for Amazon on xjtalk.com, a little slideshow, if you will, and I went and added those to the slideshow so that they actually show up because I know there's people that paint their paint their rigs and they would like to have the Jeep emblem back on it. And, uh, the, the only source that I knew of was going to the, to the dealership and man, if you can get it from amazon.com, that's uh, you know, that's a lot easier. Yeah. And I'm sure you're going to save a penny or two too. That's going to be something else. Yeah. So anyway, that was, uh, I thought that was really cool and they have them for all different years too. I was really surprised cause I was trying to find one that, you know, kind of matched the 97 plus style, but they had them for all the different years, the, the big thick 3d ones and, uh, the oh, thicker yeah. ones and all that stuff. So I thought it was really neat. So uh, this is, uh, we're moving over to tools and hardware. Oh, tools and hardware. I like that uh, that category. 
Uh, so this is a uh, Anytime Tools 127-piece heat shrink wire wrap cable sleeve tubing sets of assorted sizes. Josh, I can I can see that you're vibrating. This is this is I'm, warming you up. I'm twitching here in my seat. <laughs> as much as I would love to have a kit like that, I don't know. I don't have a kit like that. But that is uh, something really cool. I'm a big fan of heat shrink tubing. Um, Really quick, those of you guys probably don't understand why I'm sitting over here twitching behind my microphone. It's because I'm a huge uh, car, car electrical nut, and uh, and I actually have delved that into an outlet here on the podcast called Electrical and Audio Tips, a segment that I produced and where I give you guys tips about electrical stuff and audio stuff. And uh, the heat shrink tubing, uh, I've actually talked about several times, and uh, and yeah, this is something that's way cool, and I can't help but get a little excited about it. You know, strangely enough, I just purchased one of these from Amazon, <laughs> and uh, <clears throat> this thing was like ten bucks, Josh. Uh, for one hundred and twenty-seven pieces of heat shrink tubing, uh, which is a lifetime, uh, lifetime supply, uh, and it comes with a case too, which I just noticed. That's hella cool. Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, I got that and uh, <clears throat> some uh, various uh, colored uh, wire. <laughs> Well, just go ahead and and go ahead and, and announce. I mean, because that's uh, I mean, that's a lot of good primary wire there. Yep, I uh, I got uh, some blue wire, some yellow wire, and some green wire. Uh, Not just you got a what a hundred foot hundred foot rolls. Yep, hundred foot sixteen gauge. Uh, I uh, I was going to go look at the chart uh, to see what the the current ca- current carrying capacity of that was, but I figured uh, on the on the winch they have a, a blue and a yellow wire. Uh, is what they use for the in and out control. At least that's, I haven't opened it up yet, but that's what I saw a picture on online. So I thought, Hey, I'll just match it. That way, if it goes to the relay and it's a blue wire, I'll know that that is the same color wire that's inside the winch. So, uh, and I want to, I want to go ahead and get the, uh, the heat shrink tubing. I've used the heat shrink tubing before, but, but generally speaking, I either can't find it, uh, or I don't have the right size. Uh, yeah, that's my problem. So when I saw that Amazon had this multiple 127-piece heat shrink uh, wire wrap in a case, I went, you know, it's big, it's white, so I'll probably be able to find it. <laughs> and it's 127 pieces, assorted sizes. I might actually be able to find the right size that uh, that I need to go on there. Now the only thing I have to remember is before I uh, solder a wire to actually slide the heat shrink tubing over the wire. Yeah, that's the part you got <laughs> Because it's like, oh, beautiful solder job. Oh, damn. And you can't cut the heat shrink tubing and then put it on there. No, no, it doesn't work that way. Yeah, so this one must be yours too, I'm going to assume. Uh, goes along with that. Certainly a piece of a, or, uh, an item that would come in handy with all the other stuff. And that is a 175-piece solderless wire terminal and connection kit with wire stripper uh, and crimper tool. Yeah, so I've already so, got two wire strippers and crimpers, but what the hell? All-in-one kit right there, and so that's basically a bunch of uh, a bunch of uh, crimp crimp connectors, which you then uh, can solder off uh, to make a long-lasting connection and heat shrink before you do all of that, and uh, or after all of that, and uh, you'll be good to go. Yeah, these things are great for hooking up things uh, in the Jeep, and if you put uh, you crimp these things together, I'm I, you know you just pull it once you've uh, crimped it uh, to make sure that it's on there sol- solidly. And yep. then uh, uh, if you can remember to slide the heat shrink tubing over it, you can make it watertight or waterproof. Yeah, very uh, very good, especially handy for wiring in relays. So uh, I'm sure you'll be making good use of that here very soon. 
Well, you know, it doesn't show it here, but I actually got the little relay plugs. I forget what you call them, but the ones that have the wires coming out and the relays will plug into that. Oh, no, that was in here. That was the uh, Parts Express 12-volt DC. Oh, there five it is. Yeah. Relay socket. Yeah. Now, yeah those- oh, now I'm going to add this one in here. The, the SanDisk oh, yeah. Santa Clip Plus 8-gigabyte MP3 player refurb. Uh, you guys remember the MP3 players, you know, before we all had phones that did that? <laughs> Well, somebody purchased one on Amazon.com, and and this is a great thing to have to listen to the podcast. Uh, Absolutely. Now, you actually have to go through the process of copying the 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 file to the little unit, but that's the the oh, other so the, much work. Yes, it is. <laughs> <laughs> you have to hook it up. You got to press a couple of buttons and sit there and wait. Waiting is the hard part. But uh, these things are great for for running or uh, at the gym. Um, and if you don't have a phone or maybe your kid, uh, needs something to listen to music on, these things are great. And they're, they're like almost nothing now because everybody does it on their phone. Yeah. They're a dime a dozen nowadays. And, and I remember we, we got a, uh, one of those generic little MP3 players, uh, before we determined the kid was, uh, responsible enough to handle a cell phone that has all those features on it. Yeah. That's, that's a good way of looking at it. So uh, bottom line, guys, if you're looking at doing some wiring on your Jeep or really anything automotive and you want to do it right, it, I bought all this stuff. I mean, I think the, the 100-foot 16-gauge uh, wire was like 12 bucks uh, for the spool. It comes in multiple colors so that you don't have to have the same red, black, and, and actually I already have a, a couple of spools of red and black is the reason why I didn't order it this time. If you're looking to do something in, in your vehicle, especially off-road, Take your time, take the time to go over to Amazon.com and have a look. The stuff is cheap and it's very nice. And uh, I'm a fool for not having gone over there sooner to, to pick this stuff up because uh, it makes a huge difference uh, just having these few items uh, and taking the time to have a very professional uh, installation. You'll have a lot less problems with it in the future. And folks, stay tuned. Uh, we're going to have electrical and audio tips where we're actually going to be talking about some of that kind of stuff. It's going to come in hand in hand with some of that stuff. So we're going to go ahead and teach you something here in just a little bit. We just found out what you bought. Oh my God, I just can't believe that made it on the list. Well, Josh, that was fun. It probably went a little longer than what it uh, what it did last time. But damn it, you know, we're all about talking. That's why we had to start a, a second talk show. Well, Tony, that was one heck of a list, too. I mean, that that list was, uh, I'd say, definitely one of our more substantial lists that we've had since we started this. You know, uh, talking about that, uh, the various wires and the crimpers and the the connectors and stuff, you know, I might actually put together a little uh, YouTube video about how to do that stuff. Hey, there we go. That would uh, certainly add to the educational side of things on the YouTube channel. You know, it's something that I think uh, you, I know I do, and, and I certainly you do, just take for granted You that you strip the wire, you stick it in the little uh, whatever butt connector it is, and yep. uh, crimp it and, and connect it and move along. But uh, that might be a foreign subject to some people. Yeah, I know a lot of people out there, I still run into the occasional twist and tape installation, and I just cringe a little bit, and I try and be polite and educate along the way. Hey man, that's the way I did everything. And in fact, some of the stuff that's connected in my Jeep right now is that way because I didn't have this stuff and you know, I'm out there working on it and I'm trying to get it hooked up. I can not do it. I can go try to run down to, to Lowe's or Home Depot, or if you really want to pay a lot of money to the local auto parts store and buy that stuff. 
and uh, I've uh, I've just crimped and uh, and sometimes I solder, but uh, boy, unless you have a, a, a nice hot uh, soldering iron, it, it's kind of difficult to solder that uh, uh, twelve gauge wire. That's true. Uh, and in fact, uh, when you step get, start getting up into the uh, the twelve gauge, ten gauge uh, stuff like that, uh, you kind of almost have to break out a torch versus yeah. a iron, unless you've got a unless you got a really high end soldering gun or one of those old school ones that uh, are almost shaped like a drill. Uh, those things generally have the amperage and enough of a head on them to heat up bigger wire. I put together, uh, when I was probably about uh, 11 or 12 years old, I put together a Heathkit AM radio with one of those. Oh. <laughs> that is not an electronic soldering gun. My mom used that to make uh, a stained glass window with. Oh. <laughs> if that gives you some idea of the heat generation we're talking about but you know the am radio worked it looked like hell and i used <laughs> and i used solder uh with a uh, acid core flux is that am i remembering right yeah. yeah that's right something that you're not supposed to use with electronics yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there was no internet man i didn't know any better my dad wasn't into electronics hey you know if that thing was still around today it might even still work still but uh some of those components would probably be a little a little worse for wear you know, I think I remember the the soldering gun. It was a, a Weldman, I, I think, is what it was called, and I think they still make them. Name aptly named, yeah, yeah. It was a it was definitely a welder. <laughs> so we've got uh, Josh mentioned earlier about the electrical audio tips coming up, and uh, Josh, what's that going to be about? Well, we uh, today, this week's electrical and audio tips is going to be about grounds, ground wires, ground planes, and all that is ground. Uh, as everybody knows, you, there's two sides to every electrical thing going on in our Jeep. One is power, one is ground. We're going to talk about the latter. And then we've got a, uh, a very nice uh, interview with uh, John, pre-runner 1982. We mentioned him earlier. Uh, he got together with uh, some some folks. And, and actually, this is kind of interesting because it was a, a, a historical Jeep run. Uh, and historical being that, uh, well, it was the second year he was doing it. And also, too, it was about the uh, the area in which he lives, history. Not about Jeeps. Jeeps were what took them along this path. And uh, he called it uh, the Day of the Dirt uh, <laughs> run or adventure. So uh, he posted up a, a very nice uh, uh, article on xjtalk.com uh, with uh, several pictures, uh, very Dang. interesting pictures. Lots of pictures. And uh, I, uh, I thought that it would make a, a great interview uh, to get him on there and talk about it. And I would recommend doing what, uh, what I did during the interview, which was pulling up the, uh, the post that John put up. Uh, just do a search for the Day of the Dirt. And uh, while you're listening to the interview, uh, scroll through on xjtalk.com and uh, look at those pictures. I think that you will find it more interesting. Yeah, a lot of a uh, lot of very interesting stuff there. John did a very good job of explaining uh, along the way where they were stopping, the historical uh, relevance and importance of that site. Uh, the the pictures that are on the website are some of them are stunning. It's great photography. Uh, definitely gets you excited about being included in something like this. Uh, it would be it would be a lot of fun, and you would definitely learn something and see a lot of cool stuff along the way. Yeah, and I think, uh, and you'll hear this in the interview, I think that he mentioned that this was, uh, I want to say merit badge, but not really a merit badge. It's something that uh, the school requires 
there in Oklahoma, uh, some sort of history thing um, that the, the kids had to put together. So uh, he was actually trying to do something that would uh, allow him to uh, use his Jeep uh, and enjoy history a bit and also to interact with, uh, do something that would help his kids uh, do what they need to get done in school. So, I mean, come on, guys. You, you get to use the Jeep. You get to play around in the, uh, it, it was rainy and stuff, and there were some trails. Not, not Nothing hardcore. And uh, you get to be with your kids. <laughs> and, you know, you look like a hero. And, and you have some fun with your Jeep. Yeah, you, uh, you're off-road pretty much the entire time. I mean, you're on some hard pack, and there's some stuff where you can, uh, you can flex the Jeep out a little bit along the way. But, uh, folks, head over there. We'll go ahead and make sure we include, enclose, include, include, include the, uh, the, the link there to the show, or not to the show, I'm sorry, to the post, uh, where pre-runner John 1982 there went ahead and, uh, and put up all those pictures you guys can follow along. Yeah, it's, uh, it's too complicated a link for me to try to say it here on the show, but we'll have it in the show notes as, as, uh, as usual. Uh, we try to put the more difficult things there in the show notes, so. Also, too, I just want to remind you <clears throat> about our new show, uh, the Tony and Josh Show. It's a, a general uh, topic uh, show just about, you know, whatever the hell is uh, that Josh and I want to complain about or we're going to talk about. It uh, gives us more of a free form. We don't have to talk about Jeeps. And In fact, Josh, and I think we discussed this, we're not going to talk about Jeeps on that show at all. Uh, that's right. Uh, it, it may come up, but I highly doubt it. Uh, the word might be mentioned, but uh, Tony and I are going to do our best to stay off the topic because once we start talking about Jeep, it's hard to make a stop. Well, and that was the idea of the show was not only to allow Josh and I have a little more freedom of uh, talking about things that, that aren't just Jeep, which both he and I love, and, uh, but we don't want to, um, we want other people that, that don't have interest in Jeeps. I know it's hard to believe. <laughs> We want people that don't have interest in Jeeps to be able to, to follow along with our show. So uh, it'll be hard because uh, the Jeeps are a, a very big part of uh, both of our lives. But uh, I think we can do it. We have enough uh, stuff to, uh, I hate to say complain, but that's really kind of what it is, isn't it? I mean, uh, talking about uh, what the government's doing and are not doing and uh, some of the decisions that are being made, just just insane. But we have a, we have a live show every Thursday uh, 10 p.m. Central Time. Uh, uh, right now, we're using the XJ Talk stream, just like what you're using right now if you're uh, currently uh, watching the show. But uh, we will be coming out with uh, the Tony and Josh, uh, separate Tony and Josh uh, channel, and just keep up with that information as far as when we're doing that and where to go uh, on the uh, TonyandJosh.com webpage. So guys, uh, let's uh, let's get going with uh, the electrical audio tips and make sure you get a nice beverage and popcorn so that you can listen to our interview with John Prerunner1982 from uh, xjtalk.com about his uh, Day of the Dirt adventure. Hey guys, this is Andy from Ironman4x45.com, also known as Ironman Andy, and you're listening to the XJ Talk Show. We welcome and look forward to your questions and comments. Dial 530-675-4102 and leave your message on our 24 by 7 voicemail. Electrical and audio tips. Hey guys, thanks for tuning in to another Electrical and Audio Tips. This week we're going to talk about something that, well, might be a little boring, but it's important nonetheless and we all deal with it every single day. What I'm talking about is grounds. Ground planes, ground wire, it's all about ground today, and we're going to go over a few things really quick 
Might be kind of a short one here today for you guys, but certainly going to be informative nonetheless. Well, before we get going, I want to go ahead and reach out to most of you here and see if I can't get a little bit of help. As I mentioned earlier, I'm kind of scraping the bottom of the barrel on this, but I'd like to go ahead and get some of your guys' help. If you have a tip, a trick, a suggestion, or something that you want to hear me talk about or would like to learn a little bit more about, feel free to let me know. In fact, I encourage it. Call up 530-675-4102. Give our 24-7 voicemail line a call and leave a quick message. Heck, I might even play it during the segment. If you're shy about the voice, please send us an email at newstips at xjtalk.com. Just make sure you put in the subject line electrical and audio tips. All right, now on to the good stuff. In previous electrical and audio tips, I've mentioned the importance of a good ground. I've mentioned the importance of good continuity, good connections all around. Grounds are no exception. In fact, they're probably the, one of the most important ones you want to focus on. Now, virtually everything in our vehicle has a ground, and we use grounds all the time. There's three types of grounds we run into every single day. Signal ground, earth ground, and chassis ground. Now, the first and the last are the ones we run into most, at least on our Jeeps. Earth ground, well, we don't have to worry about that in the electrical audio sense as much as we do at home. That's the kind of ground you're going to see at home is the earth ground. We're not going to get into that here. That's a whole nother ball of wax. Now, examples of signal ground, well, that's going to be anything you're going to find in your audio system. In fact, a lot of old school audio systems do what are called a shared ground or a common ground, where all of the speakers, possibly either both left and right or front and rear, will share a common ground, or all the speakers will share a common ground in each of the four, front, left, front, right, rear left, rear right, etc., etc., all share a common ground. They each have their own positive, but they all share one single ground. Now, chassis ground pretty much applies to everything else in the vehicle. From your lighting, to how your stereo works, power windows, power door locks, heck, the headlights if you don't have any of that stuff, everything requires both a positive and a negative. Now, the term ground in the automotive electrical sense, well, it's not really a true ground. Now, ground, by definition, refers to the reference point in electrical circuit from which all other voltages are, are measured, or a common return path for electrical current. That applies a little bit more here, as most of the systems in our Jeeps, well, it's an electrical circuit. Basically one big continuous path. Now, where does the ground come from? Well, from the negative side of the battery. In fact, the entire chassis of the vehicle is constantly being charged with negative electron flow. Now, electron flow, or electricity, think of it kind of like water through a hose. There's actually a lot of similarities as water traveling through a hose that can be applied to electrical current traveling through a wire. It's very, very much the same sort of thing. It can be choked down, it can be increased, it can be stopped altogether. All kinds of stuff apply to both worlds. One of the most important factors is that electron flow when it comes to grounds. Well, how do we ensure that? How do we make sure that that happens? How do we make sure that all of the stuff in the vehicle that requires a ground gets good ground? Well, it all starts up at the battery. You want to make sure that your battery terminals, one, are clean, and that the battery cables are also in good condition. We've talked about this in other electrical and audio tip segments. And I highly encourage you guys to go back and listen to some of those where I talk a little bit more about batteries, battery terminals, and how to properly condition them and keep them working in tip-top shape for a long, long time. Now, from the battery, the electron flow pretty much goes straight to the chassis or the body. In our case, with the Cherokees, it's a unibody. Now, that applies to a lot of the cars on the market, as most vehicles nowadays are made with a unibody. Now, you body-on-frame guys, yeah, I'm talking to you Wrangler folks, and you're no exception. The entire chassis, that means the body, the tub, well, as long as the tub isn't fiberglass, and the entire frame are all energized with negative electricity. So once it leaves the battery, the most important part is going to be the cable and the connection. If your cable is substandard, 
corroded, oxidized, or otherwise in poor condition, well, that electron flow, that water through the hose, is not going to be flowing as fast or as good as it could be. Ground always follows the path of least resistance. That becomes a problem sometimes in our audio systems. Those kind of show up as a ground loop. As ground always takes the path of least resistance, it can rear its ugly head in audio systems sometimes as that dreaded audible tachometer sound. Yeah, that's a ground loop, and if you don't know what that is, well, be thankful you've never heard it. Now, now how do we make sure that we're getting the proper electron flow, as much of it and as efficiently as possible, going through the chassis as best we can? Now, I mentioned it starts at the battery, and the most important things are the cables and the connectors. Well, the connections, really. But the connectors play an important role as well. Without a proper connection, you can't have a good ground. Without a good ground, well, things aren't going to work right. In a recent story here on the XJ Talk Show, Tony mentioned that his daughter had a problem with her Jeep, and sometimes her Cherokee would not start or quit working. And all it would take is a little jiggle of the battery terminal or a little pound on that post, and it would start working just fine. Well, that right there could be a sign of a bad ground. Certainly a bad connection. A bad connection is always going to lead to things not working right. So how do you make sure you have a good connection? Well, nothing beats a good connection rather than metal on metal. Metal to paint obviously isn't going to be as good of a connection. Metal to rust? Rust to rust? Well, you see where I'm going here. If anything is oxidized or otherwise not shiny metal, that electron flow is not going to be passing through that area as well as it could be. Paint and rust can act like an insulator. In fact, it can stop electron flow altogether. Oxidation is no exception. Those three things right there will kill an electrical system faster than anything else. Where are all these grounds? Where do you find them? And how do you inspect them? Make sure they're doing what they're supposed to be doing and they're going to last a little while longer. Well, there are several grounds on the Cherokee, and they're all over the place, really. Some of the most important ones are up in the engine compartment. That's where all the magic happens. You're going to have a couple few battery cables coming off of that negative battery terminal. One's going to go straight to the fender. It's probably only going to be about 8 inches long. Check the connection right there, both at the terminal as well as the fender, right where that connects. Another one's going to go straight to the block. You want to make sure that that connection is also not corroded, not full of guck and grime. You have one that goes from the block to the firewall. That's an important one, as most electrical systems in the vehicle get ground off of that firewall, or what comes off of it, like a subframe. Now, I'm sure most of you have seen that strap, that braided strap, and that's all the ground can travel through going from the block to the firewall. In fact, where most of the Jeep gets its negative power from is going to be through that little strap right there. Over time, that strap is going to get a little corroded. Its resistance is going to change, and the electron flow going through that is going to be choked down. It's just a matter of time. You can do what I did recently and upgrade most of the cables in your engine compartment, at least the ones that are coming off the battery, with some good heavy-gauge stuff. Step up to 4-gauge, or better yet, even 2-gauge wire. Swap out these ground cables for some really good heavy-duty stuff. I did an electrical and audio tips recently, in fact, going over a process on how to do this exact project, things to look out for, things to consider, and of course the stuff that you're going to need in order to make it happen. Now if all you'd like to do is recondition some of your grounds, maybe your cable ends are looking a little corroded, some of that blue stuff, green stuff is kind of starting to grow on them, well that's not a hard process and you don't really have to go out and buy a whole bunch of stuff. You might need a few connectors, a few good ring terminals, a little bit of Scotch-Brite, some steel wool, or some sandpaper, and you'll be in business. Take the point in which that ground is connected to the body. Take that bolt out, the nut off, whatever it takes to get that ground cable off. Clean everything up really good. You could use a wire brush or the things I mentioned before. Clean it up very well. May even get some brake cleaner or at least some denatured alcohol or something like that. Be careful of the paint, folks. And clean up that area very well. Make sure there's no grease or grime or grit or gunk or any of that stuff that's going to go ahead and get in the way of those electrons. You want as good and a clean of a connection as possible when reattaching that ground. 
Yeah, you might have to put it on a new ring terminal. No big deal there. Just make sure it's something that's not going to corrode the, after the first winter. After reconditioning all your grounds, resecuring all the connection points, and making sure you freshen up that metal to metal connection, if you want to seal that connection and make sure it's going to stay corrosion free for the life of that connection, get yourself some of that spray on battery terminal protectant. Sometimes you can find it under the Easy Red label. This stuff is a red spray that stays a little bit tacky and prevents any oxygen from getting into any other connection. It's not an isolator, it's just a protectant. The bottom line here is make sure you got metal to metal connections. This applies across the board with everything, whether you're hooking up a speaker, whether you're hooking up some auxiliary lighting, whether you're hooking up a new battery. Everything in our Jeep requires a good ground. That goes double for all of us late model guys. A lot of computer systems in those Jeeps and they all need to see a good ground. Well folks, if you've got something that's acting up on the fritz, you have some intermittent issues, a problem that's hard to diagnose keeps on popping up, it's a good chance that it might have a bad ground. At the very least, you might have some poor connections somewhere. Might be a good idea to go ahead, start tearing things apart, taking a look at those connections and refreshing them if possible. Sometimes all it takes is to unscrew one thing, maybe put on a new connector, a new end, and put it all back together. Well, that's it, guys. I promised I wouldn't make you suffer too terribly long. Again, I'm asking for some help, so if you got an idea or you'd like to hear me talk about something, please call our voicemail line, 530-675-4102 or leave me a message at newstips at xjtalk.com. Till next time, guys. Thanks for listening. I'll catch you later. The electrical and audio tip segment is intended for entertainment purposes only and is not to be used as professional advice or as instructional guidance. Any attempts to use information provided in this segment are done at your own risk. Electrical and audio system repair, troubleshooting, installation, or maintenance is best left to trained and certified professionals. This is Pearson Loff, Vice President of Jeep Camber USA, and you're listening to the XJ Talk Show. Well, tonight we have John, uh, pre-runner 1982 from xjtalk.com, and he's going to uh, share a little story with us uh, tonight, a little bit of an adventure that uh, he recently took in his Jeep. And, uh, well, I, I came to know about this adventure through a post that John put up recently called uh, uh, The Day of Dirt Adventure 2013. And, of course, that kind of indicates that it, it's happened before. <laughs> At least it does to me. Hey, John, welcome. And uh, before we get too far down the uh, the trail, so to speak, uh, let's uh, let's find out a little bit about you. Okay, well, um, like you said, my name is John, pre-runner 1982 on XJ Talk. Um, I'm from a town just north of Oklahoma City called Edmond. I live out in the country, out in the middle of nowhere, and uh, hence the use of my Jeep. And uh, I guess you've been there for uh, all your life? I've been here for 12 years. I'm actually from Lubbock, Texas. Well, that's another one. Uh, Paddle Trucker was also from Texas, and I thought he was uh, from Oklahoma. So, my gosh, you guys moving from a great state to uh, uh, a, a lesser great state. <laughs> of course, I'm joking. Anybody in Not Oklahoma, I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> I guess you guys. I guess you guys moved up there so you could get more uh, tornadoes. Right, right. <laughs> I've seen far too many of those to uh, to even care. So you and your family are up there. Uh, uh, before the uh, the recording, I uh, I heard you talk about your your daughters and your your two dogs and how you're surrounded by females. Yeah, it makes uh, for a a busy house. I it's bet it of, does. A lot of estrogen going on. I bet it does. <laughs> so, uh, tell us a little bit about your Jeep. You've got a uh, a Jeep Cherokee, of course, and uh, I think it is uh, pretty much stock right now, isn't it? Uh, it is a '93. 
Um, two door sport. It I uh, just recently put a, a little two inch uh, two inch lift on it, coil uh, spacers and, and shackles. And uh, other than that, it is it is stock. Um, running thirty inch uh, Mud King tires. How did that work out uh, off on your little uh, off road excursion? Um, great. I'm glad I had them. Uh, the back ones are are showing a little wear. Um, so I was uh, throwing the tail end around a little bit, but uh, compared to the other street tire guys that uh, were there, I didn't have any problems. So uh, have you noticed any big difference with the two-inch lift? Not really. Does it? Can you tell? Little, I don't bottom out. Yeah, can you tell it sits a little higher? I can. I can. It, it's uh, just enough, a little more aggressive stance to it. And uh, you're pretty... Uh, 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 you go through a lot of measuring your, your uh, miles per gallon, don't you? I do. Um, I haven't uh, been so much lately, um, but I can still tell that I'm getting anywhere between 18, um, about 18, 18, 19. So is that a an effect of the lift, you think, or the tires, or both? I think it's more the tires. I went from some Goodyear Wrangler 235s, a little more friendly tread, to a very aggressive, heavier tire. Okay. Well, tell us about this uh, this adventure that you that you did uh, here recently. I guess this was uh, what last weekend. It was. It was on the twenty seventh. Um, actually, this this is the the second one. Like you said, we did one last year, and uh, it was quite a long adventure. Of course, being the first one, I didn't have a whole lot of ideas as far as um, what was going to work and what wasn't. Um, it was last year was about a hundred miles, and it took about eight hours. And the end of it did get rained out, which of course um, left me open to to um, a, a follow up adventure. Made it a lot easier to plan because I already had the uh, the places picked out. And uh, so this year was was that follow up, um, catching up those other places we didn't get to see last year. Now, and, now when you say we, it wasn't just like you and the family. There, you actually had other people involved in this, right? Right. It is a, a local Jeep group that I found on Facebook called Red Dirt Jeeps. And uh, the the adventure we took last year was years in the planning, um, just kind of a little here, a little there on my own because I didn't have anybody at the time to go with me. And then uh, once I found the group, I kind of threw that idea out there and got such a, a good reaction that I went ahead and, and planned it out and, and set it in stone. Had about 30 people last year say they were going to go. About 15 of them showed up. So uh, this year when I put it out there, I had 47 people say they were going to go really only expecting about 20 to show up, uh, ended up with 43. And, and, uh, and how many Jeeps did that translate into? Uh, there was actually 41 Jeeps. I also had a Chevy Silverado and a um, Tahoe show up, which is fine. We don't discriminate. Yeah, as long as they can get to where you, where you guys are going. Now, this is pretty much uh, just on-road uh, type stuff, right? I mean, it, was, uh, it wasn't really trail riding. Right, right, just backcountry dirt roads. Um, this year we were supposed to actually have access to some land to do some trail riding, but due to the severe rain that we had the night before in respect to the landowner, we didn't want to tear up his land, so we ended up skipping that stop and uh, hoping maybe we can set something up uh, and just make an event out of it uh, on its own. So this was kind of a historical trail uh, adventure, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking. More a history lesson, really. Um, it's 
stopped at some uh, some ghost towns and and some historic bridges that were well over a hundred years old, some uh, cemeteries that hadn't uh, you know had burials since late twenties. So, what time of the day did you guys get started? We actually left out at about uh, nine forty-five in the morning. I, I was expecting about a, a four-hour trip, and uh, it really that's about what it ended up being—four, four and a half hours. So we uh, they ended up actually taking a late lunch. We ended up in Guthrie, Oklahoma, the original capital, and uh, most of the guys met up for lunch after this was all over with. I bet you that was a motley crowd. <laughs> yeah, yeah, bunch of dirty jeeps pulling up, but <laughs> they enjoyed that. Yeah, I guess that would be slightly better than about uh, forty people on bikes, <laughs> but still potentially a little unnerving. Of course, and that was it. Was only forty jeeps. Each, you know, each jeep probably had two, two to four people in it. So we're talking close to a hundred people. Um, a lot like herding cats when you're trying to get them to, uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> go from one place to another, and you know, get them all back in their vehicles to get back on the road. That's that's what I was thinking when I was wa- uh, when I was watching this when I was looking at this post that you made, and I heard that you had about forty jeeps, and I'm thinking to myself, some of these places that you're that you visited aren't very big, uh, so it just had to be a logistics uh, nightmare getting people uh, on that long trail of jeeps out up, uh, look, look, look. Okay. Now let's go. You know, I've been here for 10 minutes while you were, <laughs> while you were coming up here. <laughs> it, 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 I wish I would have known that there was going to be that many beforehand. I probably could have, uh, planned it a little better, but, uh, it really worked out well. We only had to skip one stop because there was just absolutely no place for that many vehicles to park without either having to walk a half a mile to see the thing or completely blocking off the road. Um, the, the first place we stopped well, second place we stopped is a cemetery at the end of this overgrown, uh, dead-end road. And uh, somehow we were able to get all Jeeps up there and turned around and headed back out. And, uh, it actually worked out real well. worked out real well. I, w- I was really surprised. After the first one, I thought, man, 15 Jeeps is about as many as I want to do. And I ended up with 40-something, and it, uh, it actually worked out. I was real surprised. So tell us about the places that you visited. Uh, what were their historical significance? How did they get on your list? A lot of research. Um, going, in school, I wasn't really into history, um, but a visit to my father probably about 12 years ago in, in Colorado, we took his 85 CJ7 on, on um, Black Bear Pass and Ophir Pass and seeing those uh, historic mining towns and, and getting to stand there and look at them and touch them and being in history really kind of sparked my interest. And probably five years ago, a local magazine did a story on a couple guys who set up a website called AbandonOK.com, and they would go out and take pictures of, of ghost towns and abandoned buildings and stuff. And that really, um, because I didn't know how much of that we actually had around here. And certainly not as nice as, as the old you know, mining towns in the mountains of Colorado, but that really got me going and really started my... Uh, my research to see what was around here and what kind of uh, history I could, you know, go see and be a part of. That really um, has gotten me into, into more of the history. Um, we, the first place we stopped was actually on historic Route 66. We hadn't even hit dirt yet. Just outside of Arcadia, Oklahoma, there's a, an old gas station, stone gas station, 
um, stones all that's left, no roof, no no doors, windows, or anything. And uh, the story is there's a cutout in the back wall where they were counterfeiting $10 bills. <laughs> and they got busted, and, and the gas station shut down. And some years later, a dead body was found in the gas station. And it said that, that the, the crime was never solved. So it kind of has an interesting... Um, Interesting history, and most most people in the area, I didn't know if they had actually gone that far up Route 66. Um, on the other side of, of the town of Arcadia, there's this soda place called Pops where we actually started the adventure this year. And most people go to Pops, get their soda. I, don't, I think they got like 500 different sodas you can choose from, and then go back. And so most people don't even go to the other side of town. And so I thought that'd be a good place to, to meet. I don't think the end of the convoy had barely gotten out of the Pops parking lot before we were already stopping to look at this gas station. Wow, that's really close. That's amazing. So many the people don't see it. <clears throat> and I encourage you guys to go over to xjtalk.com and look at these pictures. Um, I'm, I'm looking at the picture of uh, the gas station that uh, John's talking about right now. The, uh, uh, the post uh, subject is the Day of Dirt Adventure 2013. And uh, this is really just the second picture. And you know, John, this looks like it would be a really nice little place. I'm surprised nobody has done anything with it. Uh, I guess it just has to do with uh, uh, the number of uh, people that go up and down this road. Uh, but it's uh, it's a very nice looking little building. It just needs kind of needs a roof and uh, I guess a gas pump. Yeah, yeah, it's real nice. Um, I, I do think it is on private property. You can kind of see in the fence that they do have barbed wire that goes up to each side of those posts, so you can walk up and go through the building. Um, I do believe it is privately uh, privately owned. Mm-hmm. Um, and I did post a picture of the story that I was talking about um, on there as well to, to go read a little bit more on it. Oh, yeah, that's the uh, the historic Route 66 site. I got you. The very next picture. <laughs> I'm going to scroll a little farther. Um, after we rounded up the guys from there and uh, continued on down Route 66, we uh, turned and headed north and actually got on some dirt roads. And the next place we ended up was that cemetery, Evansville Cemetery, back at the back of this overgrown dead-end road out in, I mean, out in the sticks. And uh, it was really neat, tall grass. Um, it was a large cemetery. There's a lot of stones out there. But uh, it was really kind of eerie. Yeah, I was going to say this. Uh, the, the pictures look like the, the day was kind of overcast. It was. It had been raining the, the night before. In fact, we had um, hail. It looked like it had snowed. There was so much hail. It was it was drifting in people's yards that night. Um, and they said that this, it was supposed to burn off and be in the 70s. It, it never made it. Um, I think we were in the, the low 50s all day that day. Yeah, there's nothing, uh, well, I shouldn't say there's nothing more eerie, but it's pretty damn eerie whenever it's kind of overcast and you're in a um, pretty much a a, a personless uh, town, even though you were with a lot of people. There's nobody there. There's nothing moving around, and you're in a cemetery. (laughs) (laughs) So it's. I guess it's good when you have 40 uh, 40 friends with you. Right, right, right. I posted some of of the, the headstones. Um, I'm more interested in, in taking pictures of the, the military headstones being my uh, my uh, background in, in serving in the military as well. That's, if I'm going to take pictures of anything, that's what it's going to be. I couldn't take pictures of all of them, so I, I chose the ones. And I posted a few. Um, in fact, one of the posts, one of the ones I posted uh, was a veteran from the Spanish-American War. 
which I thought was kind of interesting. You don't see many uh, many of those. Um, I do occasionally come across a um, Civil War. In fact, I've posted some of those at one of the other cemeteries we visited. But I uh, thought a Spanish-American War veteran was kind of interesting. Now, was that the picture of uh, Robert Norris Johns? Because uh, I was trying to figure out how you knew uh, that it was uh, a veteran of the uh, Spanish-American War. Actually, the one below that, kind of a green stone, hard to read. It actually, a lot of times, will say the war that they fought in, gotcha. whether the Vietnam World War II, World War One. Now, the one above that doesn't say, but obviously, you can tell is the rank and the in the unit that he served with. That, right. And and a lot of the a lot of the military stones, um, you can tell by looking at them. They have the the, the, the white. I don't know what kind of stone it is, but they're they're a white stone, typically with a cross on the top of it. Interesting. You can pretty pick you can pick them pick them out pretty pretty quickly. Um, that was really neat. In fact, while we were there, uh, just happened upon a, a geocache and a uh, ammo can stuck up under a tree. <laughs> enough, I opened it up and everything was good in there, and I signed our name, um, Red Dirt Jeeps, and, and put the date. And, Put it back uh, where it was. I didn't didn't leave a cache, didn't take one, but uh, that's not what I was there for. But certainly did sign our name to it. And then we, we headed out, uh, continued our trek north. And uh, one of the pictures I posted, this one of the next ones, um, we were at the top of the hill. And I, I had to take a picture because as far as you can see down that hill, there's nothing but Jeeps. You can't even see the end of the line. That's how many... Uh, we had, I don't know how far our convoy stretched out when we were rolling. Um, I would imagine it was close to a mile, if not even a little longer than that. John, I've got this this vision in my head of everybody's on the CB, and you're at the head of the pack, and, and as you're driving by things, you're saying, and if you look out your left window, you can see a cow. <laughs> <laughs> Happened a few times. We had a few cows on the road, and I was uh, explaining things as we drove uh, by them. Um, such as the bridge that we drove over that I wanted to stop at but couldn't. Um, it was built in 1908, was 102 feet long, and uh, only had a weight limit of about three tons. So we did take it one Jeep at a time. Was that uh, weight limit prominently uh, displayed? It was. It was. There was a, a very clear sign posted. One would hope. <laughs> yeah. Let's hope it's up to date. Yeah, one would hope that that's, uh, that sign is prominent, but... Uh, yeah, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have thought that that was a three-ton bridge. It, it looks a little more substantial than that, but uh, they're probably being uh, cautious. Given its age and, and the fact that the, the deck is all wood um, and the fact that it's 102 feet long, I, I think, has to do with, with the, the low weight limit on that. Sure. But uh, we, we did, our first town to stop at is called Fallis, F-A-L-L-I-S. And it actually has a pretty interesting history, which I posted a link to uh, on the on the forum. Uh, but we didn't see a single person. <laughs> there's there's not much of the town. I think in the 2000 the 2000 census, there was 10 people living in the town. Wow! And um, you know that 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 had to have been a 10 uh, hard to find those 10 people too. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. I, I wish we could have stopped and, and looked around, but. Uh, you know, I didn't want to call any more attention to us than necessary with that many vehicles. So we, we circled through town a couple times and, and then headed out. We then stopped at Meridian, a little bit larger town. We actually saw a few people milling around. And uh, 
neat thing. I didn't get to see it, but I heard it over the radio. Um, parent and this little kid were out standing on the front porch, and the little kid was just frantically waving with the biggest <laughs> ear-to-ear smile on their face, watching this whole parade of Jeeps roll That's by. That's great. I love and, that. Uh, from what I heard, the, the parent was a little more cautious, waved, but wasn't real sure what was going on. Um, you know, I think we quadrupled the population of that town just by driving through it. Yeah. Look, Mommy, it's a motor vehicle. <laughs> it's a bunch of them. Yeah. And, uh, I posted history in that town as well. Not quite as interesting as Dallas, but uh, it's just great to see some of these, these old houses. Again, I wish we could have stopped and gone through them. Um, crazy sometimes what you'll find. It's like people just got up and left. There's still food on the table and, and pictures on the wall and calendars and clothes in the closet and, and um, just crazy. Things. Oh, that is really strange. I wouldn't have expected that at all. It doesn't happen very often. A lot of times they've already been ransacked, but sometimes you'll still find them. And it's just like somebody, and probably somebody died. And uh, right. they, there was just nobody there to, to take it over. Or nobody cared and just, just left it. Kind of sad, really, but uh, it's neat to stand there and just think about, you know, the families that have lived there and, and the, you know, the memories that were made that no longer exist, basically. Right. And uh, we then stopped at uh, another cemetery and, uh, called Pleasant Hill Cemetery. It was another just buried in the tall grass, back in the trees. And uh, one interesting uh, headstone we found there was for Willie Nelson. Yes, I was noticing that one. <laughs> of course, a little, a little older. He died in 1918. Um, but I thought that was kind of funny. And uh, there there was a Civil War veteran headstone there that uh, that I posted. And again, if you look at it, it's the same white stone. You can pick them out pretty pretty easily. Yeah. And, uh, it was uh, a little bit better parking there. We, we lined both sides of the street and feel just crazy to look at that many vehicles and well you have to be proud uh, to to put something together and have that many people show up but i know that it's got to be fun trying to uh, coordinate all all that while you're out doing it but still you have to have a sense of pride uh, of knowing that it's something that you're interested in that many people are interested in as well i i was really surprised um to find out that that many people were interested in this kind of thing i, I really thought that i was just alone that you know, who, it's looking at old bridges and, and old run-down towns and that sort of thing. But uh, really, I've had a, a great response. And uh, people said this is um, even the one last year that took forever and got rained out. I had people say that that was the, the funnest event that uh, the group did all year. Well, you don't have to worry about rolling your Jeep. You don't have to worry about uh, busting a bead. <laughs> right. You can put the kids in and... Uh, and still get off road and just cruise along and enjoy the ride. So and see history. Yeah, I mean, exactly. It may not be well known history, but it's regardless, it's still still history, and you get to, to basically walk through it. I, I was I've been real surprised with the with the support and, and the interest that uh, that I have received, and I think there was a lot of people that said they were waiting on this event. Uh, so yeah, I'm definitely proud. I, I don't know that it can get any bigger from here. I'm going to have to put a limit on, on how many vehicles I think on any future events. I hate to do that. I hate to tell people they can't come, but 
Well, you can always say, uh, you know, the, the first uh, 40 or whatever uh, that, that sign up can go. And right. I, I guess there's always a possibility you could stretch it out uh, to a couple of weekends if, uh, if you so wanted. Yeah, and I'm thinking about maybe running this same one again um, in the fall for those that didn't get to go or may want to do it again. But, uh, and I'll tell you what, um, the funny thing is, this is, you know, the second, uh, second year that we've done this and both times it has rained the day before. And so we always laugh that it's not the day of dirt, it's the day of mud adventure. Well, you know, mud's kind of fun. It is until you have to clean it off. <laughs> yeah. Well, it takes a certain, uh, a certain vehicle to be able to handle it too. So uh, I don't know if I'm I'm skipping back or jumping ahead, but uh, what what's the deal with this uh, this uh, building with all the cans in it? That uh, was our last stop, a very neat two story um, native stone farmhouse. Um, I'm, it's probably well over a hundred years old, probably statehood, um, you know, land run time period, and uh, I don't know what what the wall was. I don't know why they made it out of old oil cans but there is a buttload of them and uh, I, I don't know why if that's just maybe what they had had to i don't know where they would get that many back at that time but uh yeah, they made an interior wall in some shop out of all these old oil cans and concrete uh, the house was really neat unfortunately the floors had all collapsed so we couldn't really walk through the house but the the outdoor cellar still had cans in it now, I don't know whether that was moonshine or, you know, the lady of the house canning canning fruits and, and such. But it was still neat to see all the old shelves that were in there and, and where the cans would have um, would have sat. And there's still an old refrigerator in the house and old farm equipment. And it, uh, it, it was a good place to, to end. It was probably, there were so many things on this property to go look at. Uh, certainly the, the finale of the event. Yeah, you can see there's, there's a lot of detail. I mean, just seeing all those cans in a pile uh, kind of makes you wonder, you know, uh, what the hell? Uh, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> things like that happen, I know. Things get dumped and uh, you don't know, but it just looks so strange. Uh, from the picture, it looks like that 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 pile might be three or four foot high and, and a good uh, uh, 5, 10, 15 feet in, in diameter. Yeah, it was probably 10, 15 feet in diameter. Now, if you look on the back wall, you can see where it used to be. You can see where the wall was built, and there's still some cans mounted to the to the back wall. Okay, yeah, I couldn't quite make what make what out what that was, but uh, that's yeah, the only a, way I knew what that was. I I thought they were just a pile of old oil cans in in the guy's uh, shop. But. I'm, okay, I'm starting to focus in because I can see that there's uh, like uh, um, oh I forget that stuff that that holds bricks together. Concrete mortar. Yeah, mortar. That's your, there we go. Yeah, I can see that that's on the on the cans. Okay, now it's making a little more sense. But you know those cans? Uh, well, I see a couple of them open. Uh, yeah, okay, oil cans. That makes sense because they got the yeah. little little I, spout, I, the old timey spout thing. I was able to. There were still some that had labels on them, even after being, you know, um, mounted in mortar. They were still some still had labels that you could read, and uh, they were clearly old oil cans. Amazing. So, did you get any kind of sense that this was? Uh, um, I, I, I'm assuming it was a house, but with that many oil cans, they didn't have a uh, a gas station or a shop uh, nearby, did they? It was actually not too far out of the town of Coyle or the town of Langston. It's all right there together. Um, so the town wasn't that far away, really. 
being being actually so close to town, it's and the house is only a mile off of uh, a main highway. Currently, a main highway. The highway probably wasn't there at the time of the house, but uh, I'm really surprised there's as much left there as as there is, and it hadn't been more destroyed and and raided and vandalized. I even see a refrigerator that was luckily left open. <laughs> <laughs> I could imagine. Well, I guess the smell would eventually go away, any smell that might be in there. But, yeah, that's a, that's an old-timey. That looks like the refrigerator that uh, Indiana Jones uh, wrote out the nuclear explosion in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you guys have to see these pictures. It makes it uh, very, uh, very interesting, much more so uh, than uh, just hearing the words. But uh, So, yeah, some good shots here, John. Uh, interesting pictures. Thank you very much. And I see uh, uh, you were actually even able to throw in a few Jeep pictures, thankfully. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> I had to had to do that. I was actually surprised at the at the turnout we had of the old CJs. Um, there was a, a new member of the group um, that I actually met on Jeep Forum, and, and local guy that I that I got to join Red Dirt Jeeps, and he made a comment about how there just wasn't many CJs around. And all of a sudden, for whatever reason, I probably had five or six of them show up to uh, to my event, both CJ7s and a couple CJ5s. Well, I guess this is a CJ. I don't know my CJs very well, but I guess this is a, a CJ, the green one that uh, is open in the back. It just has a, a roll cage. You got the CJ5 with the flat fenders and the Lexan oh, windshield. Yeah. yeah, it certainly is, isn't it? I didn't realize that wasn't a, like a factory-type uh, windshield. No, there's no frame around it. That's just Lexan against his roll bar. Yeah, that uh, that had to have been a nice, uh, chilly ride. You know, there w- I was surprised there were a few people that uh, came. E- there was even some JKs, um, a couple JKs that came with uh, no doors and no top, and uh, they got a, um interior full of mud. Yeah, uh, this uh, uh, there's a lifted uh, XJ here. It looks like it might be black. It's hard to tell with all the, the red uh, uh, dusting on it. It looks it's like it's got quite a bit of mud on top of the hood. Yeah, look at the one behind uh, behind him, the the TJ. It's uh, yeah. it's an or- it's orange. Can't <laughs> well, tell. That's convenient. <laughs> <laughs> so you can't tell under the red dirt, but uh, yeah, there was there was some very muddy sections. It actually started out a lot sloppier than it ended up because uh, where the storm tracked, and that's kind of what I was hoping for. I didn't want to be in the swamp all day and have to pull people out of the out of the, the ditch and uphills and stuff like that. That wasn't what we were there for. I mean, it adds to it, but I didn't want to spend the whole day doing that. Well, luckily, some of the people that attended have uh, have winches uh, attached to their vehicles, which is good. I was glad we had we had quite a few uh, winches available uh, if we needed them, and luckily we didn't. We did have a few people end up in the ditch and um, a few people that struggled getting up some of the hills because of their street tires, but everybody was able to uh, do it on their own power and... and have, have fun doing it. Makes it a little more interesting. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. Okay. This, uh, this XJ is a 97 plus, uh, model. It's, it's one of the newer models. Right. I invited him over here. He's not much of a forum guy, but, uh, I've, I've kind of put it out there a time or two just to try to get him over here. Yeah. You know, you never know about those things. Uh, sometimes people, uh, they say they're not forum people. And I, I wonder if it's, if it is, uh, they they ventured over to a forum one time and didn't like all the uh, the hate and spewing and blah 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 that goes on in that and, and they just say I don't need any of that stuff my you know life is <laughs> short enough without fighting with people on on the internet exactly so, exactly 
yeah, all you can do is just mention to them. And then, uh, I, I've, I've been trying to, uh, bring out more of the, uh, uh, it's a XJ talk is a friendly site. There's no flaming. At least there's not any flaming more than one time. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, that's not a band type thing, people. That's just a, uh, a, a behind the scenes, uh, education type thing. And I don't mean with a stick. I mean, with respect that we, we just tell people, you know, Hey, this, this is not where we're, where we go. So yeah, hopefully, uh, uh, people will c- kind of get clued in on that, uh, as they, uh, as they visit and, uh, hearing from people like yourself, John. So, uh, was there anything that kind of sticks out in your mind? I mean, certainly you were talking about the buildings and some of the things that you saw there, but was there anything other than, uh, uh, getting a little problems, getting up a hill, uh, anything that kind of st- sticks out that maybe we haven't gone over? Uh, no, no. Um, I think I pretty much covered it. Uh, certainly, uh, invite people to come check out the, the thread and, and check out the pictures and, and let me know if they have, uh, any questions or, or, uh, want to help maybe setting up their own. Now, if somebody wanted to get to be part of this thing, uh, how, uh, what city did you guys start out in? Was it uh, Norman or Edmond? I'm, I'm lost. <laughs> we actually started out at Pops on the west side of Arcadia, um, Arcadia, Oklahoma, a little small town just uh, northeast of Oklahoma City on historic Route 66. And uh, that's actually where we ended the one from the year before when it got rained out. So, um, we ended there last year, and we started there this year. And we ended in, um, after the old two-story farmhouse, half the group probably went into Guthrie, the original capital of Oklahoma, for a, a late lunch. And uh, that's where we ended the trip. What kind of food? How was it? I actually didn't uh, didn't attend. I had other things to, uh, to get to that day and uh, wasn't able to uh, partake in in the food. Oh my God, John, how did they get out of the parking lot? You had been doing the all day. This is okay. Everybody come through here one time of the bridge and, and they were probably, they're probably still there, John. They're probably still at the restaurant waiting for you to tell them how to get out of there. <laughs> waiting for me to leave. Huh? <laughs> um, in the, in the pre, the, the pre uh, interview chat we had, you had asked me how I came up with the name, the day of dirt adventure. I read a lot of off-road magazines, and Peterson's Full on Off-Road, of course, has the ultimate adventure. And they also do what's called the Dirt Every Day, where they take their old old Jeeps and, and go on like five-day back road type. Well, I couldn't call it Dirt Every Day because we were only going to be on it for a day. Ah, okay. But I, I wanted something catchy like that. And additionally, I was going to put um, Dirt All Day. But I didn't want it to be called the Dad Adventure. <laughs> yeah, I can see that. So it's uh, the Day of Dirt. Yeah, it's kind of like the uh, the the Mexican holiday, the the Day of the Dead. It kind of almost has that feel to it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it really does. With uh, with all the old cemeteries that uh, that we visit, um, something that just came to mind that uh, I thought was really interesting was one of the guys that uh, was attending brought his two daughters and and one of their friends. Um, Consequently, he's a neighbor of mine, and our kids go to karate and go to school together. But um, his oldest daughter and her friend were using this as a extra credit um, assignment. They were doing a report for their Oklahoma history class that all eighth graders have to take. And I'd never thought about that. So I'm thinking when my daughter gets to the um, eighth grade, I have all the information I could ever need, and I'll take her uh, with me once again. She's been on the first one. She didn't go get to go on this one. Uh, 
but uh, I like the idea of extra credit report. I've got all the information. Well, well, John, I'm, I don't know if you've, uh, certainly you've thought about it from your standpoint and, and how to help out your family, but uh, I don't know if you've actually considered this would be a great selling point to get people to come on to the, the trips in the future because uh, how many dads really want to try to uh, take their kids out for someone like this uh, to help them in the history lesson and then, oh my gosh, here's an opportunity where I can use the Jeep <laughs> and, yeah. I get, and I get credit for being a great dad. That's right. That's right. And you get to walk through history, not just read about it. Yeah, and you can uh, you can mention that. And uh, I would assume that you uh, that you just uh, went over to the uh, the, I, the I guess the Jeep Club has a uh, a website or something, and you went um, over there and posted for uh, to get pe- these people to attend to let them know that the this was happening and when. Right. It actually is a Facebook only group. Um, you can find them again. It's Red Dirt Jeeps. It is uh, a closed group, but they're open to uh, to really anybody. And uh, we've got over a thousand members right now, all over across the state of Oklahoma. Well, percentage-wise, you didn't do very good then. No, no. <laughs> but of course, there's probably only you know a couple hundred act truly active. Yeah, that's always the uh, members, yeah. much much like our our XJ talk. Yeah, know. over over two thousand members, and we've got three people posting. Right. <laughs> now we got more than that, but uh, certainly not not the two thousand that we would we would be quickly overwhelmed. It's uh, <laughs> it's it takes me a few days just to get caught up with everything as it is. Yeah, you put your moderators to work uh, if all two thousand people were posted. Oh boy, I know that that there'd be fighting in the streets too. <laughs> so, John, how how would people get a hold of you if they wanted to be included in this? Oh, pre runner nineteen eighty two at yahoo.com is my email address um, or they can message me through XJ Talk XJ Talk um, again pre runner 1982 and uh, or they can join uh, Red Dirt Jeeps that's where I, I post all the all the invite and information mainly uh, being that that's my contact with all the local jeepers and uh, not only not only my events but uh, the group has events pretty much every weekend through uh, through the better part of the year well, that's cool. Nice active club. Uh, it's always uh, it's always nice to be with a group of people that love doing things and uh, get along. It seems like that uh, eventually clubs uh, have a tendency to uh, to detonate from uh, personality conflict. So hopefully that won't occur. It, it, it happens to the to the best of the best of us occasionally, and nobody I don't, I don't think anybody's really immune to it. But uh, we all try to stick together and and work through that and we all pretty much get along and help each other out whenever uh, anybody needs anything in fact it's not uncommon for somebody to post up and say they need a rescue because they're stuck in a ditch or in the river and didn't go prepared or didn't go with somebody and well it's hard to plan for uh being in a ditch sometimes it just <laughs> happens you know <laughs> well, it's not uncommon to have people that uh, are on the group that you've never met show up to to help you out. In fact, I did that about three weeks ago. I went and helped a guy who uh, dropped his girlfriend's Grand Cherokee into about a seven-foot ditch, nose down. Yep, I saw that post. And, you know, if, if you're going to drop a, a Grand Cherokee in a ditch, it, it's good to have it be your girlfriend's. <laughs> the guy's got a, a, a Cherokee. He's got an XJ. But uh, for whatever reason, he was tooting around in hers. And I don't know if they're still together after that. <laughs> well, that was, uh, hopefully he didn't bend. A, hopefully he didn't bend a rocker or anything on it. Yeah, it didn't. It looked fine from the front. I don't know how it drove afterwards, but uh, 
I don't think he was going very fast or he would have gone ahead and gone on over and, and laid it on its roof. But, uh, mm, 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 mm. A part of the adventure was just getting to the guy. Some of the, the mud holes that I had to go through, I wasn't sure I was going to make it through just to get to him. Impressive. I mean, it wasn't a modified uh, Grand Cherokee, was it? No, no. It was pure stock. I don't know how, how or why he even thought about going through those. Uh, but this particular road uh, is well known in the area for being um, sloppy when it rains. In fact, this two-mile stretch on each end has signs that say this road may be impassable during inclement weather. Oh, well, that's why he was there. Yeah, right. That's where all the country boys go to, to you know, to play in the mud. And yeah. Well, yeah. Here, honey, let me show you. you. You're in a Cherokee. We'll take, we'll be able to go. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> well, John, I really appreciate it. It sounds like it was a, a real fun trip, and I don't know if you're going to be able to, <clears throat> to to wait a whole nother year. I mean, I know you were talking about a fall adventure uh, as well, but I don't think you're going to be able to wait a whole nother year. This uh, this sounds like too much fun. If If nothing else, just the sheer... Uh, power of, of saying, hey, let's go and having 40 people show up or yeah. 40 Jeeps. Uh, I'm sorry, 100 people show up. Right, right. And and that's probably, I'm probably going to run the, the, the fall one uh, or at least help somebody else run it just to keep, the, keep them satisfied until I can get another one planned. Uh, this one was easy to plan because, like I said, it was pretty much what was left over that we didn't get to go to last year. And uh, the uh, a fresh event is, is really um, going to take me some time. There's a, there's a lot of work involved. Uh, I use a, various websites to to research the ghost towns and the cemeteries and the different bridges, and then try to map out a route um, to connect everything and not get it too um, too lengthy. You're going to need a photographer to go with you so that you can uh, uh, be standing in front of the buildings and pointing at them. You know, for the <laughs> for promotion on next year's uh, trip. Right, right. And for <laughs> one, I would I would like to. to just follow everybody. Um, being the leader, it, it is. I don't get to enjoy it as much as I, I think I would if I was just following everybody else. And, and but uh, no, I, I still enjoy it. I still enjoy it. Oh, well, like I said, it's it's got to be a good feeling to um, say, "Hey, let's go!" and have so many people show up. Uh, I know Absolutely. from from just trying to get people to show up to Sonic, just to you know look at each other's jeeps and <laughs> <laughs> have five five jeeps show up. So. I think I've really created a following with this uh, with this event, so I'm interested to see if and, and where it goes from here. Yeah, it's interesting. It'll be uh, it'll be interesting to see how it progresses. Well, John, thanks a lot, and uh, we'll uh, be seeing you on the site. All right, sounds good. Thanks, Tony. We here at the XJ Talk Show really appreciate you listening to our podcast. If you enjoy the show, please consider sharing it with a friend. It's so easy. Just tell them to go to xjtalkshow.com. You already know about XJ Talk on Facebook, Twitter, and Google+. But did you know we're on YouTube as well? We have often on-road adventures, how-tos for fixing or augmenting your Jeep. Besides, man cannot live by sound alone, right? Come see what we got at youtube.com slash user slash xjtalk. Don't forget to subscribe and make comments on our videos. Well, that was a very fun interview with John uh Pre-Runner 1982 on uh, the xjtalk.com forum. Thank you very much, John, for taking your time to uh, to do that. And, uh, you know, it was right before uh, John's wife was going into the hospital to have uh, some surgery done. So I, I really doubly appreciate him taking the time uh, to, uh, to do that. 
Uh, and it was, you know, it was a day or so away, but uh, thoughts and prayers, John, as I told you, hope everything turned uh, out well. Yeah, absolutely. John, uh, pass on my best wishes to the wife. Hope she gets well soon. And thanks again for doing the interview with Tony. That was a very cool, very cool interview indeed. My favorite part were the bridges, man. Uh, folks, you guys got to head over to XJ Talk Show, xjtalk.com. And we're going to go ahead and make sure we put in a link for this show. You can follow along with all the pictures and see all the cool stuff that John was talking about. And uh, uh, electrical and audio, uh, Josh, thanks. I'm glad that you keep thinking about these things, coming up with, with great subjects. And uh, you would think that, uh, you know, a ground, you know, how boring is that? Well, it really doesn't matter because if, if you don't have a good ground, things are going to get exciting quick. Yeah, and I'm scraping the bottom of the barrel here, folks. I could use your help. Please send me an idea for an electrical and audio tips segment at newstips at xjtalk.com or give our 24-7 voicemail line a call or text at 503-567-4022. Yeah, we really appreciate everybody's involvement. We appreciate your questions, uh, everything. So be involved with the show. We really like it. And uh, I hope that comes across in the, uh, in the, in the broadcast. Now, uh, I want to remind you guys yet again about the Tony and Josh show. Uh, how would you describe it, Josh? It's political stuff. It's uh, funny stuff. It is all the above and then some. Folks, uh, the gloves are off. There are no holds barred. Tony and I are going buck wild on this thing. So uh, go head over to TonyandJosh.com and you can uh, check out the show. Yep, register on uh, TonyandJosh.com and sign up so that you'll get email notifications uh, whenever you're email notifications whenever the when something new is coming out and uh, that thing will be released every monday uh, just like the xj talk show is so until next week this is tony and this is josh have a great week and uh, hopefully it involves a uh, good solidly running jeep The XJ Talk Show is now available on iTunes. Subscribe and leave a review. Also, be sure to give us a five-star rating. Do you have a question or comment that you'd like to hear on the show? Just call 530-675-4102 any time of the day or night and leave it on our voicemail. 503-567-4022.